from Left Behind. Make no mistake, everyone, it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when you're going to ultimately be subject to a security incident of some sort. So at No Law Firm Left Behind, we focus on keeping law firms competitive, keeping attorney and staff productive, and keeping clients calling. We spend a lot of time talking about preventative measures, but it's not going to keep an incident from happening someday. We're really lucky this week to have Damon Hacker, the co-founder of Vestige Digital Investigations. And Damon is an expert when it comes to uh, this post-incident situation. And so we're going to spend the next 20 minutes or so with Damon talking about what he's seen and what you can expect when this terrible day happens. So Damon, thanks for joining us. Dude, thank you. Thank you. So let's just start by talking about what it is you have explained it that a lot of times you get parachuted in to an environment following a security incident. Yeah, yeah, we and do. It's so, to start just by looking at, you know, what does the world look like when you show up on the scene? Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, your opening line uh, reminded me uh, of kind of the joke, the uh, joke of our industry, right? There's only two types of companies, those that have been breached and those that have been breached and know about it, right? Right. Um, and really that kind of does, uh, you know, is happened um, all the time. When we, you know, learn of it, um, oftentimes, it, there, it's panic, right? I mean, because most companies are are in that situation where they didn't know that they were even susceptible um, to it. Um, you know, kind of naively uh, didn't realize it, and so they haven't done any preparation, right? And so the first thing that's going through everybody's mind, of course, is, oh my God, you know, what are we going to do? How do we find out, you know, what's actually happened? Um, I think, you know, it, it kind of depends on who is asking that question as well, right? I mean, if it's the IT that's discovered or is the first to hear of it, um, you know, sometimes there's a big gulp in their, you know, throat and, uh, oh, crud, what did I not do? Right. Um, so that becomes a, interesting. Um, is, you know, is, is this a career altering event for them uh, from there? From ownership and from management side of things, a lot of times it's like, you know, are, are we, are, you know, we probably should have done these things and maybe we kind of rolled the dice thinking that there wasn't going to be an issue or something. And now the realization set in that. Uh, okay, we've got a got an issue. Uh, things are really, really timely, right? I mean, it's like people want to know answers, you know, like this um, on it. Um, typically, you know, how, how, you know, how did it happen? Um, what do we need to do? How do we get them out of the system? How do we get, um, you know, how do we recover from this? And um, do we need to, you know, start thinking about um, notifying, uh, you know, people on it. Um, that generally maybe not happen right at the very beginning, uh, okay. that question. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, you know, scatteredness and, uh, you know, I'm assuming it's relatively chaotic when you show up on the scene that a lot of people are trying to figure out what are we even supposed to do right now? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, you know, a good example of, you know, one, and I, I use this case study in a lot of uh, uh, kind of my presentations, that kind of stuff, because it really kind of sums this one up. Um, you know, there was a, a, a manufacturer, a decent sized manufacturer and company um, kind of multi-state um, that we got involved in a couple of years ago where, um, you know, they had actually about 25 uh, individuals in their IT department. So not an unsophisticated, 
working in the IT department, a couple who were, you know, active with the, uh, on the cyber side of things. Mm-hmm. And um, Monday morning, uh, early, early Monday morning, they had- Which is pretty stopped. typical, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that is, there is a lot of truth to that is, is a lot of times these do occur over the weekend because there's fewer resources watching. If somebody gets locked out of an account or something along that lines, nobody's going to see it or realize it until uh, until Monday. It. Um, if it's financially motivated, you know, an ACH wire transfer something along that lines too. oftentimes those take place late on Friday afternoons with the idea that if the banks are closed or it's going to be harder for them to react, the the victim to react and pull the funds back. Um, So there is a lot of truth to that um, from there. But yeah, in this particular situation, uh, they woke up, uh, you know, Monday morning to find out that um, all 3,500 employees had full administrator access to the, to the network. And they didn't know how long it had been that way. The best they could say is it wasn't like that six months ago. So imagine that if you're the IT department and you hear that and you're going, oh, my God, well, you know, all of a sudden there's a lot of chaos. going. This happened to be one where we were um, uh, and we do these, you know, these kind of things all around the country. So oftentimes it's, you know, it's it's virtual and that kind of stuff we've done for years. This happened to be um, one where we were on site um, within a couple of hours and. You know, there was a war room, right? Maybe maybe eight to ten of the individuals within the IT department um, were were sitting around and kind of just, you know, hey, maybe it's this, maybe it was that. Here's what we should be doing, and that, and really, quite honestly, they were just poking holes in a box, right? They didn't really know what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing, and that. And um, so, the biggest thing that we brought to the table right away was just. A methodology, some some logical thinking through it, and saying, okay, let's do this, let's do this, boom, boom, boom. Can you guys get this information to us? Um, we want to see your network diagram. We want to see this. We want to see that. And people started going and, and collecting that information, um, and it was with varied uh, success at that, um, because a lot of times what happened, and especially in this situation as well, um, things we were asking for they didn't have. Right. Um, So, you know, at one point in time, it became very, very critical for us to have actually had the um, the, we we were trying to find the last time something happened um, on this. And unfortunately, um, even though we were brought in relatively early in it, what had happened is they had already started doing some of their own. Uh, investigation and reconnaissance on some of the things. And, you know, there's certain things in these systems that are really good about keeping track of a historical log, right? I mean, logs, audit trails, that kind of stuff. You can see a chronology in there. There's Mm -hmm. other things that it's really good about capturing the last time something happened. And that was the case in this particular situation. We were looking to see when was the last time that the active directory record for this particular thing had gotten touched. And of course, what had happened is it was was that day. It was, yeah, it was their investigation. Exactly. So getting back to that became uh, kind of critical and and essential um, on it um, from there. So we, you know, one of the things that came about and we started asking questions was, what about um, snapshots, backups? I mean, it's a virtual environment. Do you have some snapshots we can go back to? And, uh, you know, and the, and the guy who is responsible for backups, you know, jumps up. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll get those. And he runs off. And then a couple of minutes later, comes back with his tail between his legs and saying, yeah, well, we back up the data, but we don't back up 
the system folder. We don't take snapshots like that. We're not doing bare metal backups um, because we really just needed the data. And so it ended up you know, there. And we had a whole bunch of those examples where it was the same kind of thing is, you know, each time we asked for something, they would jump up and then they'd come back and go, yeah, no, we don't have that. Um, from there. So chaos. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a great word for it. And that's not, and this isn't atypical. This wasn't just, you know, this one particular client, you see this pretty regularly. Oh, yeah. They think they've got their stuff together. And then in that moment, that heat of the moment, they realize, Oh, wow, we really don't have, any of this. And and even if we do have it, we don't know where it is, how to get it quickly, how to preserve it, um, all that good stuff. So, I mean, you know, when, when, when you come in and you've got this chaos and you try to start putting some order to things, right? I mean, that, that's usually, it sounds like the first step you go is, all right, here, let's step, let's take a moment, let's put together sort of, sort of a plan. Is that, is that really what you find yourself doing in a lot of these instances? Yeah, we're working off of a playbook, right? I mean, we've got run books and that kind of stuff that we're doing. We don't necessarily say, hey, we're going to put together a plan because all of a sudden that puts things in people's minds like, oh my gosh, we got to sit down and think about these things and that kind of stuff. But no, we are. We're working through a plan, a roadmap of these are the things that we want to hit and go through it. Um, right. We bring that order to that chaos, a lot of, you know, uh, and, and quite frankly, some assurance just to say, look, you're in good hands. You guys are down, going down the right path. Um, first off, one of the things we, you know, you know try to let people know is, is that, you know, this probably wasn't a situation where it was negligence, that it was something where IT did something wrong. It's just that realization of these things happen and we can only be so secure, right? I mean, there's a lot of diminishing returns in terms of things, but we want to make sure we've got the right things in place. You know, quite frankly, you know, a lot of the problem, you know, has been too, is, is that organizations, while they, um, they, you know, they tend to focus on the prevention, you know, if they're focusing on cyber at all, they're focusing on the prevention, right? Which right. is great. You need to have that, right? Yeah. You have to have some of it for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's plenty of it. <laughs> but, but they go into it kind of naively thinking that that's all you need to do. Right. And instead of focusing any efforts on what are we going to do when it happens? Right? right. And how do we recover from it and, and, and those kind of things. And so uh, part of it is, is just, you know, getting them up through that, you know, through that stage and, 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 and yeah, I mean, putting that plan in place. Yeah. So how did, you know, and, and we, we're only talking for, you know, 20 minutes total today. So I know you're not going to be able to go into all of the details, but what does a post incident, you know, what is that roadmap from like a 50,000 foot view? What are the main steps that are involved there? What, what do you, what should people expect when this happens? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the first things that we want to do is get as much of the information as we can in terms of what actually, what, what they think happened, right? Because in an ideal world, what we're going to want to try to do is very quickly triage it and figure out the most likely behavior, what happened, where did it start, and what systems are affected so that we can start narrowing it down and saying, okay, let's start investigating these particular items first, right? Because if you think about it, you walk into a you know, situation and, you know, even if it's a small company, you know, 15, you know, uh, computers, or if it's a large organization that has 10,000, you know, different, you know, where do you start, right? right. Um, it could be any of those. And so really understanding the timeline is really important in terms of what they, you know, when they first noticed it and what happened, right? And what okay. triggered it. 
Once we know that, then we kind of start working a little bit backwards to try to figure out, okay, well, what, you know, what are these potential, um, you know, vectors that could be used? Uh, I tell you, one of the things that we like to get right away is some kind of understanding as to what the network or what the environment looks like, um, up-to-date network draw you know network drawings and that i mean are actually really really helpful i know people hate them and they're like oh you know what you know it's a it's a pain putting these things together it, even if they're outdated there is some uh some things we can glean is, from that is this just kind of like trying to figure out okay we're trying to we're trying to find out all the possible holes or all the possible doors that somebody could have snuck in through yeah, yeah, or, yeah. what yeah, usually we're looking for like the points of error. Well, there's two things we're looking for is points of ingress and egress, right? So inbound okay. and outbound type of traffic, where that could happen um, from there. And the second thing um, that we're looking for are potential sources of evidence that we might be able to uh, to pull and start corroborating what actually happened, right? So firewall logs, switches, do they have, um, do they have anything like a managed uh, SOC um, or other information that they might get? Believe it or not, their internet service provider right away. We want to know that because oftentimes we'll make contact with the ISP just to see what they might be, what they might have on their side. Now, unfortunately, oftentimes they don't, but sometimes we get surprised. And we may actually find that like the ISP might have flow logs, um, which would be something that, you know, we want to grab. Um, I had a case not that long ago where they didn't have that level of detail, but what they did have was some SNMP traps that were measuring spikes of activity um, in like every 10 minute increments or something. Well, that became really, really helpful because we could then see absent other evidence, whether there was a spike in their use of their internet uh, bandwidth. Um, in essence, was anything exfiltrated, you know, at that okay, point? Okay, I get it. So like when you start, you know, because a lot of users, you know, a lot of viewers and whatnot, they're going to hear the phrase SNMP traps. They're going to be like, right. uh, But I think the important thing here is that you guys, you know, your team knows the importance of this. And so even though the, the, even though the, the, the client that suffered the incident might not have any clue why this data is important, just knowing where to go get it is important so that it can get into hands like yours. Right. Perfect. And that you couldn't have said it better. That's exactly what I was going to say is we take that responsibility on, but that's why we're, you know, we're trying to get a handle around like what are those points of, of evidence that we can go after to, to really sense. be able to do that. And then once that happens, once we start seeing um, that um, we're going to very quickly uh, deploy some tools into the environment to start, you know, monitoring and start seeing some of that information uh, from there. Um, and that can be, you know, physically or, um, you know, like we've even got the ability to, to um, inject that in um, kind of a virtual, uh, we've got a set of tools that they, you know, they download um, and uh, can get it up in their environment. And we've had, you know, visibility within, you know, 30 minutes into their, uh, into their environment. So we can start actually capturing, monitoring, and seeing some of that, uh, some of that activity to now start getting us to the place of saying, okay, this is likely where we want to focus our, our efforts on. And pretty quickly at that point in time, we're going to try to get uh, those devices or, you know, some data at least preserved. Right. And um, we do that because, 
um, we want to avoid having that issue of where the investigation actually tramples over, you know, some right. Right. So real, real quick, this is what you're talking about now with, you know, building this environment, gathering this information, bringing it all together. When people hear the term forensics, this, this is what we're talking about now, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, and then, you know, one other real quick thing I want to throw in there is a lot of times people don't understand that it's, you know, this preservation of evidence is a huge thing. It you The gut instinct might be, oh, well, let's fix it. Let's get things back up and running. But that could backfire on people, right? Yeah, it, it can. And, and here's the deal for that. So from a forensic standpoint, right, I mean, if we were doing like a legal investigation, that kind of forensic preservation is really, really important because it, it sets the record straight um, in case we're going to, you know, go after we don't, that's not the real reason we do it in these kind of cases. Um, because the reality of it is, is oftentimes this is coming from some foreign country. It's not going to be jurisdictionally friendly to the U.S. You're not going to actually trace it and find out who actually it was. You might be able to give attribution based upon how it's behaved and the kinds of you know, characteristics of what the attack looks like. And so we might be able to say, oh, this is a Russian hacker, or this is in Chinese, or this is whatever, but you're not going to know exactly who it is. The reason we do that preservation, though, is so that we don't trample over the evidence and get to a place where we can't answer the really important questions down the road, which is, did anything actually get taken And is there a concern from the standpoint of notifying? And those activities that happen oftentimes trample over that information to the place where, you know, you might not be able to say that nothing went out the door. And that's really important because the law has changed on that. It used to be that if you didn't have evidence that something was taken, you could basically wash your hands and say, well, we, we didn't find any evidence of that. Today, if you can't find the evidence that shows that it didn't go out the door, you have to assume that it did. And therefore, you have to you know, start the process of notifying and that kind of stuff, which can be really, really time consuming, costly, all that kind of stuff. And that. So, now, are you involved in that process as well with the notification process or how does that normally happen? Who drives that? Yeah, usually we recommend, usually that's being driven by the legal uh, legal team on it. And, you know, we'll try, even if we get called directly from a client um, that's not being represented, um, we generally try to get uh, the attorneys uh, who specialize in this area involved in that. They're making that decision because that's truly a legal decision. But Got what it. we're doing is, is we're supporting that in terms of providing the evidence and providing information to say, okay, yeah, this is what we're seeing. This is, you know, yeah, and, and kind of helping coach them um, in terms of, you know, is this truly a compromise? Um, yeah. So, so we do, uh, we do get involved in okay. that side of things. Well, that sounds great. So, you know, uh, Damon, we, we really, we're trying to keep this, you know, to about 20 minutes. I know you could talk for hours about mm-hmm. any one of these particular pieces. Um, from everything that you've seen, if you could, you know, I want to close on this. If you could make one recommendation to everyone listening here, given the fact that you are going to suffer a security incident someday, What's the one thing that you want to tell them, hey, today, what should you do? What should people be doing? So the worst time to think about how to respond to an incident is while you're in the middle of the incident, right? Um, It's kind of like the old adage, you know, when's when's the best time to plant a shade tree? 
it's 20 years ago, right? When you didn't need the shade, right? Got That's it. the same kind of thing. You have to have a plan in place. You have to have an incident response plan. And quite frankly, the best ones are very well detailed in terms of if it's this kind of incident, here are the things you need to do. Here is in essence that triage process. And here are those things that you need to do from a preservation standpoint right away so that that evidence is going to be made available. Um, The one, you know, with that, um, I know oftentimes people, and you kind of mentioned it before, you know, right when they discover it, they want, you know, kind of the knee-jerk reaction is get them out of there. You know, when you look at it, statistically speaking, the bad guys have probably been in the environment for quite some time. And in fact, if you look all around the country, or really around the world, all size industries and that kind of stuff, that dwell time, the time between somebody coming mm-hmm. in and when it's discovered, on average is about seven and a half months. All right. Yeah. So if it takes us an extra couple of hours or an extra half day to do the right things so that we preserve it and find that evidence and get that um, there so that we can answer those really tough questions like, did anything actually get exfiltrated and do we have a duty and all that kind of stuff? That is well worth it. And so you, you can't do that without having a plan ahead of time. Put the plan together. And I actually recommend you even walk through it and test it a couple of times right. just to make sure because you'll learn new stuff. Every yeah, we call it, we call them uh, tabletop exercises. Essentially, is yep. what we do. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. Um, and that that that's really good advice. So, Damon, I just want to thank you again. I've got Damon's uh, information up on the screen here. So, if anybody wants to reach out, get a hold of him. Uh, go ahead, snap a picture of that, and uh, reach out to Damon. Uh, Damon, thank you so much. Ooh, again, I'd like to. Just thank everyone for joining us next week on No Law Firm Left Behind. We're going to have Rob Sparks, who is the shareholder in the Technology Committee Chair of Strauss and Troy, and he's going to be talking about COVID time technology. So we hope everyone can join us next Tuesday at 1030 a.m. Eastern Time right here. And if you're interested in joining the No Law Firm Left Behind LinkedIn group, you can find the link right down here in the corner. Hopefully I pointed the right way. Uh, Again, don't bother writing it down. Just take a picture with your phone or whatnot. And uh, we hope to see you all online. We hope to see you all here next week. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks.